Welcome into DC On Screen number 205. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is, again, my co-host Jason Goss. He's back! I'm back! <laughs> uh, this is a show about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. We are a spoiler-filled cast. If it's been released, it is fair game to discuss. Jason, how has the last couple of weeks been going for you, man? Uh, blur. Kind of a blur. <laughs> like a DC-less blur. Yeah, you've been busy, buddy. That does not mean I was cheating on you with Marvel. I would never do that. Well, except when we the both, movies we, come out. We have but an we open try to see those together. Yeah, we have an open relationship with DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that everyone understands. We're all adults, consenting adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to let you guys know, we are still running our contest for every ten five star iTunes written reviews. We'll be giving away a DC trade paperback, Blu-ray, or DVD valued at fifteen dollars or less to one randomly chosen lucky person. Um, we are still, we're too short of giving away our first prize. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't get any reviews this week and that's weird. So guys, come it's not on in the trend. The, um, I mean, even if you wouldn't normally give us five stars, you can just lie a little bit for like a free book. Yeah. It's free, or, you know, content. just give us, uh, give us an honest review and get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's how we treat honesty here. <laughs> We demand nothing but fanatical lies. <laughs> we do. <laughs> All right. So as you guys know, we are uh, we are sponsored by Loot Crate. Um, September's theme is speed. This month's Loot Crate has a high-octane assortment of goodies from Batman, CW's The Flash and Arrow, Battlestar Galactica, Iron Man, and Gone in 60 Seconds. That's weird. That is an odd Gone in 60 Seconds. That's, <laughs> it's like, we need one more thing. One more thing. What do we have the license for? Gone in 60 seconds. What? Why? We we got to do something with it. We haven't done anything with it yet. All right, All fucking right. throw Eleanor in there. Damn it. <laughs> Jesus. Guys, we've got to get some better IPs. Right. Someone get on that. So, they have a lot of great IPs. It's just, they're just like, we have to do something with this. Uh, <laughs> So if you have a style, well, name, I, you'll... It, it's not even. It's not like they pull, pulled. Like Fast and Furious would have been an obvious pull, but gone in sixty seconds. Would have, that just, I guess they don't have that. Cut. Yeah, that's 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 rough, man. I don't know what to do with that. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry for like shitting all over. Somebody went, "Oh, gone in sixty seconds." And we're like, "Oh my god, why would anyone want that?" I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I'm just so sorry. Dave right. and I have never been car people, and we, we don't like. We know where gas goes yeah, in, I'm... and when it stops going, we call people. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I can clean the interior of it at those nice little car washes. That's really it. Yeah. Yeah. So there are Sonic socks. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's for when you got to go fast. A uh, Transformers wearable for your world-saving needs. I, whatever. A winning Mario Kart tee and more. Nice. This loot wear collection is going to zoom away quick. It'll be gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> zoom away quick or, uh, so, or run out fast or... Uh... Right. Make a speedy so you exit. Have an, <laughs> you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And then when that happens, you're done. You're screwed. So go over to lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up. Enter the code giant size team up and you're going to get a little bit of money off on your new subscription. And uh, you know, at the very least, you're going to get your Batman Flash and Arrow stuff, right? Yeah, we know. A little bit of Iron Man. We know what we can stand behind yeah. We can we can vouch for so, all the, the stuff with capes and cows and suits and everything, but um, 
<laughs> Sorry, I just I don't know what to do with the Gone in sixty. I know. Maybe there was like a lot of Gone in sixty merchandise on the shelf. Maybe so. And someone I went. Know, I don't know. Can we make this little month like speed or something so right. we can get rid of that? You got some flash? Yeah, let's do that. All right. <laughs> Take this aerodynamic Nicholas Cage wig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So into the news. Uh, big happy birthday on the day that we're recording this. Happy birthday to Michael Keaton. Oh. Batman turned 65 years old today. Um, Birdman, as he's known now. Well, then I guess soon to be the Vulture. Is it? That's what I'm hearing. Okay. I I think he's going to be the Vulture over on Spider-Man Homecoming. Man, Keaton's got his foot in all properties, man. Yeah. He's he's there. He's that good. Um, If you really look at him. not at all being facetious. He's actually good enough. That's fine. (laughs) And he's a good actor. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, you've seen the meme. Some would say he he was the the uh, the pre Heath Ledger Joker yeah. Heath Ledger Joker yeah in Beetlejuice he looked a lot like that. oh he did a fantastic job too I mean hell I saw Jack Frost you know what he did wrong about that other than choosing to participate nothing <laughs> I hated that movie still cried at his performance right um, I wanted him to have his kids <laughs> so uh, unfortunately sad news. Uh, John Polito has died at 65, and uh, it looks like he had uh, complications uh, from cancer. I know you're probably going, who the hell is that? I am. Cause he, but he's one of those guys that you've seen him a million times. If you've ever watched movies or TV, you've seen him a million times. Character actor? Uh, you've, you've heard him. Yes, absolutely. Like The quintessential character actor. Very well known for uh, gangster films. But... Uh, y- more recently, he's he's played uh, Earl Chambers, oh. the arch nemesis of Jay over on Modern Family, uh, the guy that owns closets, 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 closets. Um, that guy, yeah. Dafino from The Big Lebowski. Uh, he was even the landlord. Silvio on Seinfeld did wonderful work on that show. Mm-hmm. But and you're wondering how how does this relate to DC? He has voiced a ton of stuff for DC animated features. And video games. He was Carmine Falcone for the Batman Arkham Underworld that just came out on uh, on iOS. Um, he was Commissioner Loeb on Batman Arkham Origins, the video game, and the movie Batman Year One. He's been police captains, various police captains in DC Showcase Original Shorts, uh, and Superman Shazam The Return of Black Adam, and he was a police captain in the Spectre. He was... A character in Batman Beyond in one episode. Hmm. He's just he's done a bunch of DC stuff, so it's it's a loss for us because he's a really good actor. He has a great distinctive voice, and um, I don't know. I always just dig that. I just dig that dude a lot. Yeah. Every time I see him, I go, oh him. Yeah, I remember him now. And now we'll be able to now do that, that I've anymore. seen him. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, moving on. So it looks like Suicide Squad has beaten Man of Steel at the box office. Um, <laughs> they're saying the domestically is predicted to end its theatrical run with around 310 million. It did officially enter the top 100 highest grossing movies of all time. Is at number 92. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Hughes over at Forbes is saying that um, it's going to at least add 20 million international and 10 million, 10 million domestic minimum. So it is now guaranteed top 700 million worldwide. Okay. So much for your flop, guys. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now now you'll have to. I, I don't know. Now you have to be specific and call it a critical flop, right? Which was um, which is what'll happen. I, I mean, 
I mean, you know, I think I mentioned this maybe last week, but you weren't here. I, I don't know. Maybe I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Where it's like, where I'm seeing articles now that's like, this is why we deserve bad movies. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like, you guys supported shitty movies. Oh, no. Well, we it was, it was all a... enjoyed a movie you didn't. You know what? Either way, whatever. Yeah. I am still. It's um, the same instinct I've got with with Batman vs Superman. We liked it, especially like the ultimate. Once we got the, the with the ultimate edition, it's all very. Um, I don't feel like I'm having to defend it as much. If someone's seen that movie, they're kind of a, a lot of people actually have gotten back to us and said, "Yeah, you're right. That that fills in a lot of the plot holes. I mean, it's still got yeah. plot holes, but you know, like the normal amount of movie plot holes. Yeah. Right. It's like you know, to me, the movie, no matter which cut you look at for BVS, it falls apart a little bit at the end. It's, specifically it's, and it doesn't it's not martha it's not the martha thing everyone thinks it's the martha thing but no that was brilliant that was beautiful where it falls apart is the same place where every damn tv show and movie falls apart where like superman jumps down there and instead of saying hey they've kidnapped my mom help which he clearly could have gotten out he just has to fight batman for about 20 minutes yeah and there are any number of tv like every tv and movie Everything you watch, there's that, there's that bit where you're like, okay, and here's the point where they should be saying, hey, blah, 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 this is a misunderstanding, and then it gets worked out really quickly. Or like, someone really goes, hey, white quickly. flag, can we have a talk? Maybe some tea? <laughs> so, you know, if you're if you're going to pick on for that. No, uh, but with I, I'm having the same experience now with Suicide Squad where I'm like, I enjoyed Batman vs Superman because um, it was the movie that I was hoping to see. But Suicide Squad, I enjoyed it. But uh-huh. there are all these people that didn't, and I, I just I just feel bad that we all couldn't have. Well, I enjoyed Suicide Squad, but it, if I'm being honest, it wasn't the movie I was hoping to see. It was, it I mean, yeah, there, there are parts of it that, um, like, the lack of Joker alone is, is something that I, I have serious qualms with. You know what? He hasn't gotten back to me yet, but our listener, Randall Smith, mm-hmm. uh, emailed me and said that he got a chance to see those uh, those Joker scenes, oh, the deleted Joker he? scenes. And, and I was like, how did you even, how? And he hasn't gotten back to me yet, but... He says they add nothing. They just really don't add anything to the movie. To the overall they were plot? For being cut. Yeah. See, I would like, uh, not only, when that DVD is released, not only do I want to see all of those scenes, because even if they're just quiet little snippets that don't add anything, they're cool vignettes. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. I would also like it to be, like, spliced into the movie proper. Like, you get a, you get just a few seconds of the scene that it would have come in after, and then a few seconds of the scene that, that would have followed it. So I know right. where they were thinking about putting it. So we could all sit there and go, yeah, you're right. That was a good cut. That wouldn't have really added much. It would have kind of been distracting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are very few movies where I look at the deleted scenes and go, oh, that should have been in there. Um, Star Trek Nemesis was one of those where I was just like, what? Why would you leave that out? <laughs> all right. What's the next one? Why would you leave that out? Yeah. And what's worse is like it's about 15, 20 minutes of deleted scenes on the DVDs. And I know they've said there's like another hour of deleted scenes on the somewhere that they're just not putting out. I'm like, what, what is happening? Oh, that's my worst fear with the Suicide <laughs> Squad release is that yeah. we get it and it's about 20 minutes worth of footage. And you're, you're sitting there going, no, 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 no. You had hours. And if you cut that down, you still had like an hour. I have literally clicked on the deleted spe- yeah. scene special feature of a DVD before and like seen the, like go to the bottom and click at it and you, you see the actual length that you're about to be, you're sitting there thinking, I don't need 49 extra moments, moments of, of this movie mm-hmm. or 49 extra minutes of this movie and kind of cringe thinking, well, like, uh, I hope they were good. And that's actually kind of a mixed bag of results. Like sometimes you kind of get to the end of, you know, that hour of your life that you wasted and thought, well, good cuts, good cuts guy. Right. Are there, I mean, it's, it's. 
sometimes yeah. you kind of get to the end and go, why wasn't it at the end? I kind of hate when you can't turn off the thing that where the director like pops up before every scene and says like, oh, hey, this is the reason we cut this scene. And I'm like, you're just going to say because we didn't really feel like it felt it fit into the narrative flow of the movie. And they always <laughs> say some variation of that. And I'm like, well, no shit, buddy. That's why you cut it. Like we're all with you here. Why are you explaining yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I just watched, you know, theoretically, I just watched this movie and I want more. So I'm going to look at the deleted scenes, either that or I'm in a race against a, you know, uh, red box deadline. I've got to get it back. Uh-huh. And I want to see the, the deleted scenes. But I'm like, I figure this out, man. Yeah. I mean, we don't need you to tell me. Thanks, Kevin Smith, for the 20 minute story about, you know, why how you, you didn't got a sandwich one day. How it didn't fit. No, with Smith, it's, it's always, always like, happens, yeah. you, know, like, you know, let me tell you a big story about how me and Jason Muse went to go do a thing. And then, like, anyway, this this scene has nothing to do with that, but right. we cut it. <laughs> yeah, that actually sounds good. Yeah. Like a stone Ben Affleck sitting over there laughing. That sounds right. <laughs> anyway. Matt Damon just wondering why they brought him in. You guys have all seen the deleted scenes for Jersey Girl, right? <laughs> You're, you're talking to oh. no one. That is a room oh, full of bored crickets. The other oh, that, people who okay. have seen Jersey Girls deleted scenes. Go ahead. Someone just someone me. write in and prove me wrong and, and make Dave feel better. That's just me and my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> we sat there and watched the deleted scenes and, and watched Kevin Smith's commentary and went, the commentary was better than the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm surprised the deleted scenes from jersey girl isn't actually just a copy of the ring the like the movie in the ring <laughs> you know what actually i i actually liked jersey girl it wasn't you know it didn't seem like a kevin smith movie but it was i liked it right it's pretty, pretty good anyway moving on moving on moving yeah on, we've moving rambled on. long enough <clears throat> so suicide you got an early bat wiener section guys yeah early suicide squad behind the scenes photos uh released not early i don't know why i said early that was weird um, they were, they released 28 pictures, uh, showcasing before and after VFX shots. Uh, you guys have seen these. They did it for B- BVS. Uh, they, you know, there's a picture of El Diablo and some rails. <laughs> and now there's the picture, the same picture of El Diablo, but with fire on the rails. Mm-hmm. Here's a picture of Harley posed against a green screen. And now she's falling. Mm-hmm. See? She was just standing in front of some green screen. Now she's falling. See? You've seen these things. Magic. And it looks cool. It, yeah, it's cool, but, you know, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Green screen, chroma key. Got it. Bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on to some Justice League news. Did you see the big thing? I, I sent it to you. I know you had to have seen it. Uh, Which one? Call it ben out. Ben Affleck. Oh, ben Affleck yeah, yeah. put up video of Deathstroke. Yeah. And it looks like it's in the Flying Fox. Yeah. Um, I'm really not, it's, it's, is it not weird that, that he sent that out? Um, it is, but, um. And that, that costume looked way too good for this to just be a prank or something. Oh yeah, no, it's not a prank. I mean, it, it's, um. Someone has been cast as Deathstroke in this movie. Yes. Um, Umberto Gonzalez, uh, put up a, he's been hinting at Deathstroke for a while. Um, he put up a, uh, comic book cover of like the collected Deathstroke works and um, I don't know. I'm guessing they're just getting out in front of this thing before it actually breaks that Deathstroke is in it, before it leaks. Um, but we don't know what he's in. Like, it does look like, like, it does look like the interior hangar of the Flying Fox. So says Mark Hughes over at Forbes. And he would know he was in there. He was on that set. Yeah. 
Um, this is clearly just, this is something Ben Affleck released. It's cell phone video of a monitor showing footage of Deathstroke. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Mark Hughes seems to believe that there will be, like, some bit of Deathstroke in Justice League that'll be ramping up to the Batman movie, mm-hmm. the Batman solo movie. Um, everyone seems to think that the Batman solo movie is the Deathstroke's going to be the big bad guy. It's yeah, that's been uh, the trending belief right now. Mm-hmm. But um, here's the thing: uh, Joe Manganiello, he's married to Sofia Vergara over on uh, Modern Family. Um, he's been in a ton of stuff. He was rumored to be Deathstroke and Suicide Squad, and obviously that didn't happen. And he claimed that he tested for a totally different role, but um. He is, he did just go over to the UK. <laughs> and he would be really pretty great for that. Yeah. And he he, yeah. he would fit. <laughs> now, other people are, are championing another actor for the role of Deathstroke. Um, the internet kind of blew up on the same day. A Twitter user, Mr. Batfleck, um, put up footage, the same footage that Ben Affleck did, but uh, he put the dialogue that Ron Perlman did from when he played Deathstroke in Teen Titans Mm -hmm. from this episode uh, in season three called Haunted. He had that, that audio over the Deathstroke footage and everyone lost their shit. Ron Perlman (laughs) even retweeted the video stating, I rest Mr. Batfleck's case. (laughs) Looking at Ron Perlman, I'm like, looking at Ron Perlman, I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I'd kind of dig that that a lot. I'd kind of dig that more than the other the guy that they're talking about. Probably how that's going to be him. Yeah, I'd rather it be Ron Perlman a little bit. I can do but, it either. I still know, think I think I like I Mike uh, might like Mangino more. But hey, also you've seen the full version of the footage with all the shaky nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and we're talking about Ben Affleck's self. Like I know he knows how to frame a shot. Mm-hmm. It, does it not just seem like he was literally holding his phone somewhere weird and trying to sneak that in, like pretending he was texting the whole time? Yeah, I I, I think this is. Uh... I think that was more or less full disclosure. I think he was like, he didn't want it to seem like he was just lying to people. He wasn't actually releasing real footage, but he was also just like, look, this is on a monitor. See, you can look on the side. There's, this is proving that I'm on a set. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. All right. It just looks so damn shaky. I, I kept thinking, oh, man, I, I know. He's I, probably drunk. I know you drink like a lot of coffee on set, but. You know, I'm kidding. I don't know. Irish coffee? I, so yeah, I am excited that it could be Deathstroke. Uh, well, I mean, it's obviously good. Somebody's Deathstroke. Somebody's damn Deathstroke. I, it, it, that part we're Death sure about. Death, Death, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Slade Wilson is a thing in yeah. the in the DC universe, DC EU. Yeah. So, um, and we've got a lot of little Deathstroke bits. Well, not not a lot left. We just all that combined with some other stuff later. But hit him up, man. Anyway, so fun little bit. Moving on from Deathstroke. Uh, everyone was kind of like, you know, shitting on that Justice League logo a while back. Someone found, uh, which issue that's from is from the Justice League of America 261. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's an exact replica of the, uh, the lettering on the front. It was released in April of 1987, had Vixen on the cover. So, you know, I don't know. I think it was, it's a pretty Justice League logo. I'm sorry. I don't have a, I I don't no know problem what with you're it. talking about. I mean, there are all kinds of Justice League logos. Yeah. Nothing so uh there's particularly wrong with this one. No. There are rumors that uh that Green Lantern is going to show up in some capacity in Justice League. And there's still rumors, but there's a guy, Jason Enman, he works on DC All Access. He's a uh 
I guess. What, what would you call him? And uh, a commentator, and he's a face that talks at you when you watch DC All Access. Talking head. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can, we can call him that. Um, I think he's more of a mouthpiece for the corporate entity sentience that is DC. Mm. Whatever they want uh, said, he says mostly. But he did. They were talking about the green. They were talking about Justice League and Green Lantern. And whether or not Green Lantern was going to be in uh, Justice League. And he whispered to the camera, it's going to be Hal Jordan. Yeah. And then he said, I do think we'll see Kyle Rayner in the Green Lantern Corps movie. I don't think he will be a main character, but I think they are going to name check him. I'm pretty certain. I have a feeling they will name check all the Earth Lanterns in the Green Lantern Corps movie. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind name checking in general, but I have no idea where they're going with that movie right now. Yeah, I don't know. But admittedly, I mean... Hal Jordan's the way to go, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you say that, and I think that, but I felt that way when they did Justice League, the cartoon, the animated series, like, you know, uh, the Bruce Timm yeah. show, yeah. and they did Jon Stewart, and I was perfectly happy oh, with he, that. I liked Jon Stewart. It was fantastic. But um, I did keep wondering, where's Hal? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we got the Once and Future thing, but where, if like, doing, like, for everyone founding was Justice kind of, League members, you know, yeah. Hal it up. <laughs> yeah. The only way he was going to get major, major negative reaction is if he, if he had turned and went, "It's Guy Gardner." <laughs> I have so much love for these characters. I would, I'd be okay with Guy. Um, I do want to see Hal though, proper. Even though, I mean, we did, we saw him. I, I just, can we bring back Ryan Reynolds? Can we just make that a thing? Yeah. I don't know why we can't. It was a good enough movie. It was good enough. <laughs> it's, it's better extended. <laughs> As most things are now. <laughs> um, that's. <laughs> got to not be true like i've seen extended versions of movies and thought oh my god you got to be kidding me mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I, I actually don't say it all that often most of the time i kind of think yeah they made a lot of good cuts so I'll, I'll take the hour and a half version right but the editing got a, a little a little dodgy there when they were doing the green lantern edits mm-hmm. so uh yeah the, the whole thing makes looks like it makes more sense at least yeah so there's a little bit of hubbub about, about the amber heard mirror costume um and Amber Heard fan site on Twitter uh, had this, got a report about it. It said, costume is amazing. It's basically a one suit of green scales that gradually turn transparent and become integrated. Uh, now, a few months ago, she was talking about the costume herself and said, it's interesting. It's like half suit of armor, half scales. It's strange. We're in the process of building it now, so it's coming along. It sounds pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So there you go, guys. A description of the Amber Heard Mira costume. Woo! And, and so far, the, everyone who's talked about it seems like they're pretty hyped about it. Yeah. And I got to admit, if I, I'm if the I only, pitched I'm it... I'm the only one who isn't. If I pitched it, though, it was like, dude, it's going to be like scales that almost blend into your damn body. And they like blend into the armor and blend into the body. It's going to be freaking like one... Yeah. Mm-hmm. At some point, though, unfortunately, I have to end this with, it's going to be like an armored fish human. <laughs> I'm old Greg. Right. So over to Aquaman... Uh, there is apparently going to be filming in Australia. There's a, this is a report. This is a rumor report though, from Australia, the daily telegraph saying that, you know, they, they think Michael Kenneth Williams, who has said he wants to play black Manta is going to play black Manta. Um, they're going to be report, uh, sorry, uh, filming over there, uh, next year. Uh, not really a whole lot. On that, there are also rumors that uh, Luke Evans is going to be playing Sinestro in the Green Lantern Corps movie. Again, rumor. Yeah. 
take it with a grain of salt until we actually have confirmation. At least a Green Lantern. All right. Or at least a Green Lantern. Why, Chris Pine? Why? <laughs> Why did you abandon us for that admittedly really fun Star Trek movie and that side role and in the, the Wonder Woman? And the role of Steve Trevor. <laughs> um, I don't know. He looks like he's going to be a lot of fun. as He does. As Steve Trevor. Sorry, that Chris was Pine. One of those, that was one of those where like I was like, I don't know which one I want him to take. But apparently he never heard anything about Green Lantern. I don't know. I, it just, it almost, at, at the way that news came out, it almost felt like he was somewhere in the WB offices and someone went, that guy could be Green Lantern. And it just came out that way. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have some Batman v Superman news just a little bit though they released a uh, patrick tatupolis uh, the production designer put out a uh, some concept art as he puts it from a rough keyframe concept to final movie frame sometimes it sticks it's batman flying through the glass through the window in the uh, warehouse when he's going to save martha mm. um, it's pretty exact but that's cool and that's out there he posted it on instagram so you know, patrick tatupolis this is a person you should be following on instagram sometimes you get little you get cookies man mm-hmm. you get things to chew on mm-hmm. over the course of the week scrolling through on your lunch feed there's some concept art happy birthday over to gotham um i'm assuming you've seen this uh gotham mad city posters wait are we, everywhere. are we out of movies did we run movie. out of movie news we're, we're out of movie news yeah wow all right i did see the mad city also um I don't know if I mentioned it before, if this is news to me, or if I'd forgotten, but I liked the idea of the Mad City first first half of the year subtitle, mm. especially yeah. like when it's when it when you show like James Gordon's tussled hair and then put Mad City. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Um. So there is. They put out a poster. It's very blue of Gordon holding a snow globe with uh, a penguin, fish, Mooney, the Riddler, and uh, Barbara, and Selina, and New Poison Ivy, and Tabitha, and Butch, and they're all inside the snow globe. And the poster has the tagline, Mad City. So, uh, you got that. Uh, in season three, you're going, you're really going to see how villains have taken up residence inside the city. So says executive producer John Stevens. He says the villains have become more and more a part of the fabric of the city of Gotham. It's less and less a police show than it was in season one. It's a natural continuation of that in season three. They released a trailer. There was a lot to like in that trailer as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, Harvey saying you're a cop and everything but name. Bruce going, I do this, there's no turning back. Oh, and that weird little look on Alfred's face where I can't, I can't tell if he's like smiling and trying to convince him go for it or if he was kind of yeah. kind of smiling going yep you understand how important this bad decision you're about to make is don't you bruce <laughs> don't you master bruce <laughs> right uh penguin saying the gcpd is not gotham gotham listens to me yeah um, and then has and an audience way, it looks like at the gcpd headquarters at some point it yeah man i don't like fish mooney wants an army like her man it's okay all right i'm getting kind of amped up um <laughs> By the way, awesome haunting rendition of Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. Um, I don't know how to say this, Scala and Kalakni Brothers, but oh my lord. <laughs> that is like the only way I can listen to that song now, which <laughs> I don't listen to Metallica, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Not much for the Metallica. I like a few of their songs, I'm not, but that was I'm not, their, I'm that rendition really is fan. amazing. That S&M record was okay. Not my style. No. Seem to remember reload being catchy. Uh, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> so anyway, a Gotham premiere synopsis was released. Uh, it's a mad city on the all new season three premiere of Gotham Monday, September 19th on Fox. Gordon works in a monster ridden Gotham as a bounty hunter and seeks to find answers about the Indian Hill escapees and why their powers appear to be killing them. Meanwhile, Bruce's doppelganger roams the streets and Barbara and Tabitha open a new nightclub called The Sirens in the all-new Mad City Better to Reign in Hell season premiere Gotham uh, episode. I didn't know their powers were killing them. That is new information. And I kind of do it. I'm down. I'm down with the sickness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sticking with the theme, aren't that you That wasn't funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, well, that wasn't Metallica. Stupid, um, stupefied by your uh, insolence. <laughs> so a little more leaking out on mad hatter and by the way i don't know if we talked about this last week i don't remember it seems like some of this news gets jumbled for me but yeah. apparently alice is going to have a special ability that jervis wants to take advantage of and um but they're not saying what it is he wants to share it with the world she considers it a curse um benedict samuel had this to say about the Mad Hatter. His purpose is to find his sister, and I think he'll move hell and high earth to find her. There are so many pieces to him. There's a child in there, and there's also a psychopath. A helpful thing for me has always been, this is from a great act, a great acting teacher, Declan Donellan, is this beautiful way of expressing how and why people do things that other people may not do. It's a simple sentence that says, I understand you, you don't understand me. I feel the Mad Hatter certainly operates in that way. I you think Alice's powers might be similar to maybe Ace from the Bruce Tim Justice League? I considered it. I considered that it might be that. It might also be um like the shitty Black Canary in the Birds of Prey WB show, where she's just like she she's like uh I don't know Cordelia on Angel, where she like senses future shit and like there's a thing happening. We have to go stop it. I don't know. <laughs> just watered down like homeopathic. Spider sense? Maybe, yeah. Hmm. Actually, be a little greater than spider sense, but he can actually see things happening in the future. Diluted prognostication. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, they, I'm not. Uh, they haven't said that. They just say that she has a gift. It. And it's dangerous. It could just be any damn thing at this point. Yeah, it could be. But one of the thoughts is Ace, though, right? Like, kind of. I, it, there's it, a possibility. Even if it's not reality bending, just perception bending, at least. It Perhaps. just feels so Alice in Wonderlandy. It does a little bit, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Just throwing it out in case I happen to be right. <laughs> you take that shit over to Scott Madison's show next time. Next time. The comic book prediction podcast. When we pull up next time. <clears throat> On over to Bruce. Uh, they're saying, like, apparently there was a big backlash. Like, and we joked around about it on the show. About how, like, I think this was last week with Scott. Where I was like, I don't want Bruce to get into a relationship and start getting down with Selena and stuff. Being a playboy. I want him to wait. He's too young. But apparently people are actually serious about this and get angry uh, about some of these reports. So they're uh, backpedaling quickly, saying that it's not what you think. He says, we uh, <laughs> saying we want him to learn how to be a rich kid of Instagram, this sort of ne'er-do-well. We wanted him to learn how to put on that mask of what a lot of people in the public would expect him to be, which is just this rich kid who is privileged. This is Woodruff, uh, E.P. Woodruff. So it's going to be Bruce Wayne acting out a little bit and doing what I would what I would do if I had that much money. Going to parties, having fun, hanging out with a different element of kids. Um, they're talking about uh, here they're talking about Bruce's new attitude to develop the tools and masks he'll need a later 
carry the mantle of the bat here. We've had Bruce do a lot of the training with Alfred. We've had him live on the streets with Selena and learn a little of the criminal element. What we're really wanting to give him this season was that mask, that public mask. The more he does that and the more people he can convince that that's who he really is, the less people will suspect him of being the Cape Crusader and fighting crime later on down the road. Okay, I like it. Um, I'm also confused, though. That If I remember the press, it just said that he's taking his relationship with Selena to the next level. I think that was the phrase. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. For him, that means, like, they might kiss. Right, right. But when they're pairing that with, he's going to be a playboy. Oh, so, all right, so, the, the okay. It connoted poorly, okay. It, yeah, it's starting to uh, look like he's going to be, like, People are claiming that he's going to be like this little like 15, 16-year-old misogynist running around on the show. I, I'm just assuming he's going to be like out at parties pretending to be drunk. I mean, how many times have you run across right. a, a scene where Alfred hands Bruce a drink and he pretends to drink it and it's got like a little spritz of lime zest in it, a little swirl, and he, he says, oh, this is uh, my fifth or sixth or something. And, and you know, it's it's literally just club soda with a like a piece of lime in it. Mm-hmm. Um, can't be far from that. I, I, you don't think Bruce is actually going to go out and get drunk and, and party it up. It's it's He's just going to learn how to put on the face. What was the line from Dark Knight Returns where Commissioner Gordon tells uh, tells Bruce, remember when you thought you had everyone fooled with that ginger ale? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a popular um, device in, in Batman's world. Yeah. Uh, now, they're also talking about the what role the Bruce doppelganger has. In, in all of this, uh, the other Bruce can come into his life and say, wait a second, you have all this money, you have all this privilege, and yet you don't seem to be having that much fun with it. You're not enjoying it. For Bruce, it's a wake-up call, and it's the first time someone confronts him with that and really gets through to him. In a lot of ways, this Bruce do- doppelganger inspires that exploration of that Playboy persona that Bruce is going to wear so well later on. That actually might be fun. If that's how it comes across, as is, is someone tells him, dude, when's the last time you had a good laugh? Mm-hmm. Um and he finally kind of, I guess, takes it into account because it's literally his face telling him that. Mm-hmm. Which I have, I've never had a conversation with my own face when my face wasn't moving in the mirror to, to actually justify it. Uh, I have. It's weird. I, I've never actually had uh, anywhere near that amount of, uh, of NyQuil. But I... <laughs> I have. It's weird. <laughs> strange times. But that's got to be pretty convincing if your literal face tells you something because they see it from the outside. I, I, I just assume outright that that would be extremely provocative. Yeah. So that'd be cool though. If he actually convinces him to have a little bit of fun and then Bruce kind of sees where that fun might lead him pretty quickly and, and thinks, yeah. okay, well I could use this part of it, but that is going to be a bad thing. Yeah. You know, just because you said that we're going to have people being like, I have an identical twin and I've never had that issue. And you I deeply offended me. Just, <laughs> would be surprised if someone's identical twin didn't feel a little bit more convincing in an argument than a fraternal or so. <laughs> um, so the the doppelganger is not an evil version of Bruce, they say. They look identical, but that's the only thing they have in common. They are two completely different people. This is David Mazou saying this. You see the doppelganger at the beginning of season three, and he's lost more than anything. He's looking for a purpose. He'll find it, but it may not be the best thing for Bruce. I can dig that. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to know what's going on with that kid since they they stopped. I mean, all year at this point. Yeah. Because that quiet... Two things fascinating about that kid. One, that quiet little thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. And then two, he's on the bus with literal monsters, and they don't apparently want to mess with him. Yeah. Whatever it is he's got, it's apparently um, enigmatic from my standpoint. Yeah. 
So apparently the uh, Randall Smith just emailed me. Apparently that Joker deleted scenes thing is leaked on YouTube. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to be a gentleman and wait. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I hear the pain in your voice. No reason to spoil the wedding night. Right. On to Corey Michael Smith talking about his transformation into Riddler. Uh, <laughs> says he knows who has wronged him. He says fate has wronged him. He accidentally killed two people when he had good intentions. So I just kind of like this idea that Ed very physically manifested this part of himself that he thought was outside of himself. This ability to do these horrible things. Hmm. Um... He thought he was innocent of all those feelings because he denied them for so long. Then learning to embrace them, that they are part of him. And I think his the way that he normalizes things or psychoanalyzes things is different than most people. So seeing this reality given to him by fate, he thinks that all these bad feelings mean that he's a bad person. It's part of his capacity to do this. So he's going to, because fate has decided this is his life. That's versus other people who might be like, oh... I made a mistake. I get angry sometimes, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. He's so consumed by this. Hmm. Um, they, he says that he's, he found normalization and comfort in his time with Kristen Kringle. It was a dream come true for him, uh, and he ruined it. So even if it was accidentally, he ruined it. Mm-hmm. He says, at the top of the season, we have someone who is just rotting away in this place and is really tired. The, exist- the reality of Ed's existence is that it's... <laughs> Pretty uneventful in Arkham, which is dulling to his brain. I have to get the hell out of there. Yeah. All sounds right. Mm-hmm. It, it locked up anywhere, my first thought. Uh, waking up and going to, or last thought going to sleep would be, I have to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. I would be one and of the guys, like, d- shot in the back by a prison guard, fleeing. <laughs> they've also uh, been talking to comicbook.com about the triangle between Penguin, Ed, Nigma, and Butch. And how their their uh, relationships will will play into each other. Uh, Corey Michael Smith says, if and when Ed Enigma gets out of Arkham Asylum, which he's already said he will, and we already know he will, so yeah. shut up. Yeah. The only person he can really reach out to is Penguin. It's really fun. Season one, we only had one scene together in episode fifteen, and season two, when we worked together, we spent a whole day filming all this stuff in episode nine in my apartment, and it was the true birth of our relationship. We were really stuck in one spot together, doing all these scenes sequentially in one and a half days. That was when he and I figured each other out and learned each other, and now we just have to have a blast doing it. Uh, there's so much of it in season three. The two of us coming up. That's kind of nice. I mean, uh, the because their their actual time together kind of matches what they were doing on screen in a way mm-hmm. now uh powell though is saying the enigma butch dynamic is pretty much the opposite of the penguin butch dynamic mm-hmm. there's this weird simpatico between penguin and butch but butch and enigma are chalk and cheese they're oil and water these two will never see eye to eye <laughs> so there's this weird triangle between penguin enigma and butch that starts near the beginning of the season works through the first part and i think will carry through the season of this weird uh dynamic where Butch is about loyalty, Nigma certainly is not. He's all about looking out for number one, so it's been a lot of fun. We had never even been in a, in a scene together until this season, and now we've had a lot of stuff, particularly in this episode that we're shooting now, and it's been really a lot of fun. Uh, Smith agrees. I like it. Also, I've never heard chalk and cheese before. I've never heard that either. No, that one's new. See, the pair will constantly be, <laughs> will constantly both be trying to be Penguin's favorite. <laughs> I'm much smarter than Butch, but he's much bigger. Whenever we're vying for the attention of Penguin, competing with him, with, with each other, is kind of funny. We have very different gifts. It's been really neat to play him, play with him. It's like a bullfight kind of thing. He's the bull, but I'm totally in charge. <laughs> Robin Lord Taylor says that neither Nigmo nor Butch have any lead over the other. 
It isn't friendship, rather controlling the situation that is the main motivation for his character. The thought of his life is power. This is his addiction. This is his obsession. Having been a very powerless person in his life up to this point, it's something that he has built his whole life with a, uh, about attaining and maintaining. After everything in Season 2, having had a taste of that and then have it all taken away, now he has more tools to use to help to attain power and then hold on to it. Yeah, I like where his head's at. Yeah, I'm kind of really ready for Gotham now. Yeah, <laughs> like I give the show shit. But now that you're really year. adjusting, it's it's kind of time. Yeah, I mean, you know, there it's uneven, but mm-hmm. you know, I I always do look forward to it. So Lucifer has over to Lucifer. They've cast Chloe's dead father, Chris Payne Gilbert, who was on uh, Ten Items or Less, and he was on Lifetime's The Protector. He's actually married to. Uh, the actress who plays Mazakine, mm. Leslie Ann Brandt, um, in real life. But he's going to be on the seventh episode as John Decker, who back in the day was a beat cop, a good man, and even better father. Chloe was a 19-year-old just beginning a movie career when John was killed in the line of duty, sending Chloe on her path to becoming a detective. Ten years later, when the d- details of that fateful evening come into question, Chloe will find... Sorry, Chloe will try to give her father the the justice he always fought for. So, that sounds like I, a... Sounds like they're redoing Palmetto. An episode. <laughs> Over to Supergirl. New Supergirl po- uh, poster released... She's she's got like a spawn cape in this thing, man. They they gave her a really long cape. <laughs> it's real weird. <laughs> oh, it's just a poster, probably done by some out of house guys. I don't know. panic. Oh, I'm not panicking. I just I don't know. I saw it and I thought, okay, Supergirl spawn now. Cool. cool. I guess it could work with that. Uh, f- so I found this out a while ago and decided not to say it on the show because it was a leak. But now it's it's been it's, it's official. Frederick Schmidt uh, is going to be playing Metallo. On the show. Oh, we've mentioned pictures, like on-set pictures, that looked a whole lot like Metallo. But now, you're, is it the casting we itself? We have? I didn't think we had. We I, The casting itself has been released. I saw the Metallo pictures and said, there were pictures, but I'm not going to say of who. Ah, okay. Maybe that's it. I don't know if you said it into a microphone when we were not recording. I don't know what happened. We lose track of that. But, um... So, here's the description of his character. When international assassin John Corbin is badly injured after taking on both Supergirl and Superman, we all, he would be. Jesus. He is reborn. <laughs> <laughs> Bad motherfucking day. <laughs> uh, yeah. He is reborn by a shadow organization. I'm going to guess Cadmus into the kryptonite-powered supervillain Metallo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you don't know who Metallo is, he pretty much just... Uh, that's pretty much the uh, the way it goes down. He was played by uh, Malcolm McDowell in in the Superman animated series. Yeah, wonderfully voiced, uh, but he's yeah, wonderfully in that version. Uh, Luthor gave him the gave him the skin like he was dying, and he turned him into a robot. And he's like, now I can't feel. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll give I'll give you that feeling if you kill Superman. Right. Whatever it was, I don't yeah. know. Um, he's been around since 1959, so. You know, I forgot this. They mentioned this in the article. In Smallville, he was played by Brian Austin Green. <laughs> oh, I forgot who that is. I know that name. Oh, he's a guy from 90210, man. <laughs> I must see. Okay. I'll look it up in the background for my own consideration. Hmm? I'll look it up for my own consideration. Right. So oh, um, it's been considered. Oh, I know that guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 So, um, yeah, uh, by the way, a bunch of our fans on, on Twitter... We're like, hey, when are you guys doing the Smallville review? And I was like, we didn't get to it. <laughs> Extremely sorry <laughs> about that. Some, 
It'll be someday. That is pretty much my fault. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, his yeah, I mean, I'm at this point I'll probably need to watch it again. As one of them brought up uh somebody brought up the Batman Wonder Woman mention in Smallville and I didn't remember it and then I did remember it and I was like, "God, it's just been so long. I probably need to watch it myself mm-hmm. again." Uh still on Supergirl though. Supergirl stunt woman Jessie Graff made history. Uh Ninja American Ninja Warrior history. Uh no one had before this year no one, woman had ever completed stage 1 in the national finals. But she did, and did so well, very well. I, she I, laughed I watched, at it. Uh, she 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 did. laughed at it. Like, there were points where she 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 just kind of chuckled, and uh, she she did it in like a Green Lantern them- themed outfit. <laughs> I heard that, but I didn't see a lantern on there. It's not an actual lantern, but apparently, <laughs> and I haven't gone back and watched other other bits of her. Apparently, she like picks characters to do it from. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, yeah. So this one was she picked the, the the colors and it is that nice bright green with like the 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 black mm-hmm. outlines of it. Um yeah. Apparently a giant fan of the um the DC in general. Like I I have to imagine she's yeah. pretty happy about being involved in Supergirl just based on yeah. some of her uh, history I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she owned that shit. So in uh, unsurprising related news, Stephen Amell wants to do American Ninja Warrior now. That I'm really curious about. I'd like to see that. <laughs> I mean, we've seen him with the salmon ladder. They reached ladder. out to him. Yeah, they reached out to him in 2014, and he just couldn't get around to doing it. He was he was really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, he announced it. At, he announced though at this uh, this Salt Lake City Comic Con. He said, "Okay, it happened. The people of Salt Lake City and the great state of Utah pushed me over the edge." NBC American Ninja Warrior in 2017. I would like to compete on your show. That's fantastic. I'll watch it. And I I <laughs> just God help me. CW and all associated persons let him borrow the costume. <laughs> it's probably too heavy, man. Probably. <laughs> it's not it's not economical, but it'd be so fun to watch. Well, I say that, but that's if he does actually relatively well. If he gets out there and dies in like the first couple of obstacles, say dies. Uh but uh, if he gets out you there know and what fails, I want. um it will look really silly. I want it to be Stephen Amell walking out on on the stage with the hood and everything. And we see as him, and then very clearly, when it's about to happen, we realize it's it's, it's very obvious as a stuntman in the suit <laughs> doing all the uh, doing everything. Pulls on the, the show. hood back, and it's clearly it's Colton Haynes, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Tyler Hecklin has been talking about wearing this Superman suit. Mm-hmm. He says uh, it's kind of like putting on a wetsuit. I've introduced an old surfing trick. So it, so I put a plastic bag over my feet and hands when I put it on. That seems to cut down a little bit of time. So that's been helpful in the process. Um, he says it's, a, it's one of those things where you put it on, and it's the nicest Halloween costume you've ever worn. <laughs> then, okay. once you step on set, once you step on set, it becomes something different. Because people actually start addressing you as Superman. <laughs> You're in the scenes and people are playing along that you are Superman. So that's when it really hits you for a second. You have to then believe that you are this person. And just really own it and roll with it. That was really the moment that it hit closest to home. That's kind of interesting. I, I, I could totally buy all that. All of that. It's like if you're in your dressing room mm-hmm. in private with maybe like somebody helping you a little bit... You, it would just be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, this thing looks great. And, and it, it would be a very private kind of, man, this is neat. This is keen and swell. I, but then you'd get out there and somebody uh, starts, like, looking in your eyes. Like, like Benoist is looking in your eyes going, Superman. 
it would strike you. It would it would actually strike you at that point. Oh, I've I've got to do this. I have to live up to this symbol. Oh shit. Hey, if someone's like marginally nice to me while I'm wearing like a Batman shirt, I get all teary eyed. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> if there's not outright aggression, right? <laughs> if you're uh, wearing a flash shoot and someone doesn't walk by and go, no fucking way. You're like, thank you, thank you. Over to the Flash. Uh, Kevin Smith says his next Flash episode will be different. He says, uh, just read the script of the episode of The Flash I start working on next week, and I love it. Lots more action-y stuff than my last app. Cool! <laughs> I, it, it seems like a matter of uh, luck of the draw. Like He had a lot of emotional stuff in his episode, which he can do He can do just fine. <clears throat> he, he really can. Yeah. Um, I mean, damn, watch the scene out of Chasing Amy. Watch that. Which one? Oh, Ben Affleck's scene in the, uh, in the car. I thought that's what you were talking about, but to me, my point was there are lots of scenes in that that's movie entirely that make, fair. make me weak. Yeah, um, yeah, he he can clearly do it. Like that seemed like it was it was fun to see him on the Flash, but it was in his wheelhouse. When he said there's gonna be a lot of action, I kind of thought, uh huh, all right, <laughs> let's see what you do. Let's see what you do. Because I I, right. I and it's not I'm not judging him. I'm taking it from like I've literally heard him talk about how I don't know how to write action scenes. Like, I like he turned right. in Superman Lives, and they kind of went, okay, well, this is cool and everything, but where? when does someone hit somebody? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I always favored the uh, the story where he, he says that he wrote the uh, $6 million man script, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, and he's like, Steve Austin, like, there are all these ninjas, and Steve Austin hides behind a rock. Yeah. and has, like, a great <laughs> conversation behind a rock. Right. <laughs> so... They held a Heroes and Villains Fest in San Jose. Rick Kosnick was there, uh, Eddie Thawne, and apparently he was originally going to be Jay Garrick. Oh, he would have been fine there. Yeah. That's what he he says. He says before they did the pilot, they were considering him for Jay Garrick. Um, Other things that were weird that didn't turn out, Caitlin Snow was going to be older and a love interest for Harrison Wells. Um, Wow. And her, and her fiancé was going to be the mist, not Firestorm. Hmm. So, weird shit. Yeah. Uh, Harley Rathaway, Pied Piper, was going to be on Team Flash, which I guess now he kind of is. Yeah, they, they got back to that eventually, sparingly. So they're, they've put out these uh, these pictures from uh, from the new episodes. There's, there are, there's a picture, and I swear I haven't gotten a chance to go back and look at it, that first episode of The Flash, the 1990s Flash. But I swear, there's a picture of Barry's parents together in front of their house, and I, it looks ex- almost exactly to me like a shot in that pilot where Barry's parents are standing in front of him at their house. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'll go back and look at it, and it won't be that way at all. But if so, that's awesome. Um, there are pictures of Barry holding Eobard prisoner, and Iris is in the prison. She, like, thawns in the background, so she knows during the Flashpoint stuff that who Barry is and that he's got a dude in a yellow suit <laughs> chained up downstairs. Right. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Coolest thing though, pictures of flash and kid flash together. It's good mm. stuff. Mm. That's going to be a lot of fun. They've also, uh, released pr- photos going over to arrow of, uh, the, this dark archer Prometheus character, um, pictures of Thea kidnapped Ollie being a badass. He can't in fact take care of himself. Tobias church pictures of, uh, Anatoly. The KG beast is back. Why not? On arrow. <laughs> He's back. 
so David Ramsey teased his Supergirl reaction. You know how he threw the fries up in the air when he saw the Flash. <laughs> <where> he says, <laughs> "I've been looking forward says, to this too. This yeah. this is one of my favorite, uh, I'm, I, my favorite moments that I'm looking forward to with the whole her being involved thing." Right. He says Diggle has to have a reaction to Supergirl that rivals Flash. So I decided he could maybe pee just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said that, and then he looks up in the air with astonishment, pretending he's seeing Supergirl fly overhead. And when he does that, Amel gets into character and says, and appears to recite, apparently, an actual line from the episode. He says, John, she's an alien, and she can fly, and she's from, from a different Earth. Did, did you pee? Just a little bit? <laughs> this is why Diggle's so relatable in certain ways. Dude, <laughs> if I opened my window or opened my back door right now and saw some, some, some girl flying through my backyard and I didn't pee, I would worry about myself. Mm-hmm. Deeply. So Stephen Amell has, is now hinting that he's playing a triple role. He says, wrapped another, sorry, wrapped episode 97 last night. Most times I get to play two versions of Oliver. This time... Three. Now, the name of that episode is Human Target, but here's what I'm thinking. We've already seen him with gray hair. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have gray hair at the beginning of the season. Uh, the, these, uh, the pictures they've been releasing of the premiere, he doesn't have gray hair. No, not that I recall. So, he get, he's usually gets to play two versions of Oliver, present and past, so I'm guessing future. That'd be cool. Ah, Wait, does, flash forwards in season six, y'all. By versions, does he mean, you know, with and without mask, though, or... I think he he's talking chronologically? about. I think he means chronologically. Okay. And I swear I've heard a couple of uh, rumors about you might get to see more future Oliver. Let's I, do it. Not, I guess the what was it, twenty forty two or twenty fifty two? Um, yeah, I don't know. Not the mid this century. Twenty forty six, something like that. Yeah, it might have been twenty forty six. Um, not the mid this century fucking dystopian nightmare, but maybe an actual <laughs> version that apparently will happen now that Legends of Tomorrow somehow accidentally fixed everything. Right. So, Justified alum David Muner, I'm guessing that's how you say that name. Sorry if I screwed that up. We always do. He is going to be in Season 5. Not always. He's going to be in Proud Season tradition. 5. He's been cast as Ishmael Gregor, mm-hmm. the slick and intimidating uh, pecan, or godfather of, I guess it's pecan. <laughs> And uh, just I'm thinking of the nut now. Yeah. Of the Bratva, whom Anatoly reports and takes a special interest in Oliver Queen. In the comics, Gregor was a Russian crime boss who craved the magical abilities of the demon Sabak. Of which Oliver. I'm a, oh. Yeah. I, God, I would love to see that. Seemingly has magic none, but maybe show. that's where the tattoo oh. comes from. But he has the tattoo later, so it's not like yeah. he's going to rip the tattoo off him. I, you know, I don't. Magic wasn't uh, bad for the show. Going too far no. with magic was bad for the show. Not even going too far with magic for the show. Just being stupid with magic. Forgetting what your character, uh, what what your character could do. Right. Was bad for the show. Um. So anyway, how are we not gonna do? How are we gonna do Sabak and freaking Ragman without any magic, guys? Uh, uh, Ragman. I mean, damn Ragman. Answer not well. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, here's that other part of Deathstroke I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. While at the Salt Lake City Comic Con, uh, Stephen Amell was talking about this sharp divide between DC films and the TV shows, and he says that's not how it works. 
Diane Nelson and Jeff Johns, the people at Warner Brothers on the feature side, the people at Warner Brothers on the television side, are all in the business of making the best products for fans. Just because they may or may not, there may or may not be a Deathstroke in the DC Extended Universe doesn't mean Manu Bennett can't exist on our show. Yeah, that was part of the, the, the new uh, outline I'd got. Because like mm-hmm. at some point it was outright, and this is when I decided Diane Nelson was my enemy, that it was outright a bad idea to have two IPs exist in two separate universes. Right. And then they have uh, since turned on that idea and decided that, um, no, you can have them. It just kind of depends on what we're doing with them. and. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's okay to have Jerome show up over here and kind of the Joker clan, but we're definitely gonna have a Joker here. And um... well, it feels like to me that they wouldn't even mention that, or they wouldn't let him mention that if they didn't have something in the works. Well, letting him mention because uh, there are there like if you're an actor going in an interview, there really are like black and white lists of things that you absolutely need to get into this and absolutely do not need to get into this. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't know how that information gets disseminated, but it's absolutely true. Um, mm-hmm. And if he's mentioning it and actually mentioning it in the context of Diane Nelson and Jeff Johns told me this, it means that it's it's now it's now gospel. No, seriously, we can have sh- we can have characters show up in multiple universes. But this is something that I've been I've kind of decided that I appreciate now in the last couple of years, having watched it. Is Marvel has supposedly one universe that really isn't. Um, sorry, not not hating on them love all the stuff but mm-hmm. y- you can't tell me that they're all like playing on each other like agents of shield takes from the movies the netflix shows take from the movies but mm-hmm. the netflix shows and agents of shield do not contribute to the movies pretty much yeah it, it's a one-way street so you're getting the runoff but you're not actually building a whole universe to me in a way this right. it, with this version i get my tv universe and my movie universe where they are building on each other and at this point i mean it's kind of a fluke of circumstance but supergirl's gonna hop over and be on the cw now well fuck mm-hmm. yeah i mean gotham and lucifer can continue to be their own little pockets and that's great and we're, i guess we'll get krypton at some point and that'll be a pocket and then uh you said there were <laughs> there were there was news of another show and we may or may not get powerless it, like but they're all little pockets and that's fine but mm-hmm. in a way i'm getting more joy out of watching the the dceu do whatever it's going to do and then Having, I, I guess I'll just call it DC TV or CW TV or the Flareverse as it would have originally been named, mm-hmm. um, come to be. But those are universes that are really actively working on each other, as opposed to like mm-hmm. a universe that's really just feeding off the 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 giant version of itself. It's it's really just trickling down. Yeah. So, as much as I, uh, I, I suppose in a way I'm apologizing, to Diane. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Diane. <laughs> did you you saw this Legends of Tomorrow teaser? I did for season two. Star Girl. All right. Yes, Star Girl. Star Girl. Star Girl. So love that we saw Star Girl. Love that they're reiterating no time masters, no rules. Um, laughed at Sarah getting seduced by the Queen of France. That was funny. Uh, laughed at Rory going Einstein. Uh, I like him. He's a pig. Whatever. And punching Einstein out. Mm-hmm. Uh, hated the little tagline, fixing history one time at a time. Ugh, that was bad, guys. That was just bad. It, it does then, make me chuckle. Then I squeed, because I saw Reverse Flash, like, grabbing our man and just, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and then they're at least acknowledging Rip going, no one ever listens to me, and, like, Rory laughs. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. No one ever does listen to him. Right. At least they're acknowledging it. So, looks like it's, uh, it'll be fun. So far. Thoughts? Looking forward to it. 
<laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, there's not a ton going on in that. It's just... No, it's not. No, it, it, it's snippets. Just snippets. Absolutely. I wouldn't even call it so, a uh, teaser. It's more of like a, a sizzle teaser. Mm-hmm. So Mark Guggenheim, he released uh, some Vixen concept art. That's pretty cool, but it look, pretty much just looks like the uh, you know the new girl in the costume that the old girl wore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't look that different. Uh, here's some big shit, though. And Randall Smith was the first to alert us to this, so thanks for that, dude. Um, Black Lightning is being shopped to networks by Greg Berlani. Yeah. That was the uh, the other one. I, I I knew there was another one. I couldn't remember at the time. Mm-hmm. He's teaming with the games Salim and Mara Brock Akilto, and they're developing Black Lightning. It's going to be a drama. Cool. Um, about the character of Black Lightning, or I guess, you know, I don't know why they would keep that name, but it would probably be hard to not have that name and have it a, even be a DC Comics property. I don't know. Anyway, character came out in 1977. I think he was actually a... Um, response to the character of black vulcan on the super friends Mm -hmm. if i'm remembering that correctly here's the log line jefferson pierce made his choice he hung up the suit and his secret identity years ago but with a daughter hell-bent on justice and a star student being recruited by a local gang he'll be pulled back into the fight as the as the wanted vigilante and dc legend black lightning then the comics he does he has two daughters and they're both superheroes. Anissa, who's Thunder, and she wound up becoming a member of the Outsiders. Jennifer Lightning, uh, she was she wound up being a Justice Society of America uh, member in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, guys, come on, please let her. Let, let's do both of those. If we're gonna do the show, let's do both of those. Tie it in with the other things. Justice Society, come on, guys. Yeah. But anyway, also that, uh, that whole I like where they're starting the show. That that sounds pretty cool. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The only thing I don't like is that he's only got one daughter, but, you know. Ah, they can always find another daughter later. <laughs> because uh, writing. So, right, writing. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. You can just find things and forget them and stuff. By the way, did you know that H. John Benjamin does uh, music? <laughs> no. He just put out an album. Matt Carroll of the MCU cast was like, uh, texted me. He was like, OMG, my favorite album by John Benjamin. And he called me and he was like, dude, it's H. John this Benjamin. Is a category? Right. And he was like, this is H. John Benjamin. And a lot of the songs are just instrumental. Um, he Demo better be. He does not have a singing voice. Right. But he, and he talks in some of them. But apparently he, like Matt specifically told me about uh, one song that was called I Can't Play Piano. And he like hired like a bunch of like really like world-class jazz musicians to come in and play and they're like playing these amazing things and then it like just goes to him playing piano and he's like plink 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 <laughs> and matt's just like i'm dying over here laughing at him because he's playing it with such conviction <laughs> but it's so bad <laughs> but it's labeled correctly anyway so uh i like black lightning i like the character yeah it is it is a little weird to me that um you know I I'm, I'm always a little uh how do you put it uneasy with the fact that he's a black character who has to be called black something it was <laughs> it was of a time it was of a time and I don't now think it's there was like anyone named around lightning it. I think it just could have been lightning right. but but you know what based on his care based on his outfit and stuff like I've always thought blue lightning yeah that would have been fine also blue lightning is an awesome blue name lightning. just in general right. Um, also Black Lightning is a cool name. It's, yeah. So, I mean, I, I have an action figure of Black Lightning. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was proud when I bought that shit. I was like, oh my god, I don't think anyone's ever made a black this lightning guy's action great. figure. Thank you, JLA Total Justice line. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you remember when he was like one of um, he was one of like Lex Luthor's uh, Secret Service guys. <laughs> no. He was like on the DL, and he like helped Lois and and Batman sneak into the White House to get the Kryptonite. Oh wow! No, I don't. I don't remember that one. I think it's from a Jeff Loeb, uh, Ed McGinnis run. But yeah, it's badass. <laughs> he like disables security with his powers. That's of awesome. course. Um, Easy but yeah, I you know I there's a part of me that wants this show real real bad, and then another part of me that's like, please no more. Yeah, <laughs> it has. It's being shopped I, around. I already feel like it they're kind of stepping on our throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that uncomfortable pressure on my windpipe? Oh, the boot of DC. Yeah, all of the um, DC shows. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, speaking of more DC shows, Krypton. <laughs> mm. I, it's been so long since we heard. I, I thought maybe it was gone, but Anything no. Anything real? Yeah. David S. Goyer's Krypton prequel mm-hmm. has apparently found their uh, their lead key character here. Mm-hmm. Georgina Campbell of Murdered by My Boyfriend is going to be playing uh, Lita Zod, a military cadet who is uh, related to General Zod. She will have a clandestine forbidden romance with Segel, or Segel. I don't know which one that is. Well, which one it is, but it's uh, Superman's biological grandfather. Mm. And to remind you guys, the story is set years before Superman was born, as the House of El was shamed and ostracized. Uh, Segel brings hope and equality to Krypton, turning a planet in disarray into one worthy of giving birth to the greatest superhero ever known. I'll be honest, man. I, this, uh, this show does not sound good to me. <laughs> it just doesn't. It might be good. It might be amazing. It might be the most interesting thing that I've ever seen in my life, but it because sounds like Caprica set on knows, Krypton. But, oh. It sounds like Caprica set on Krypton. I don't know Caprica. And that, Caprica was a prequel to Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Oh. That was about their ancestors leading oh. up to the whole, you know, uh, Cylon War. Yeah. And it never got a, a proper ending, I guess, unless you count Battlestar Galactica because it got canceled because it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, Krypton's just not the most interesting part of his story. So um, Mm-mm. if they can do it, bless him. If they can't, oh, man. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like meet it with negativity, but I'm just of all the sh- of all the DC shows you could <laughs> you can throw out there for us to to indulge in. Man, a Krypton show is just not where I was looking to indulge, man. No. And to be fair, I'm not like, trying to be what? partial here. Like if if the show they were trying to get done was like Thomas Wayne, I, I wouldn't have been into that either. Oh yeah, no. I um, um, now, then, now if it was a, if saying, it was a buddy cop, if it was a buddy cop show with Thomas Wayne and Jor-El, I might I might be in. Yeah, that could do. <laughs> that could do just fine. They were gonna do that. Uh, well, they weren't gonna do that. It, a website was registered that said Pennyworth, and I thought, yeah, I'll <sighs> watch him be, I'll watch him be a badass for a few years before he takes on this whole butlering mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, let's do that. You know what that feels like is when Joss Whedon was talking about doing Ripper, where it was like Joss oh, from fuck, yeah. Buffy. And it was only going to be a BBC show, and I was like, oh, That'd I want that. Fantastic. <clears throat> anyway, uh, going back to the old old school DC stuff, kind of old school, not really, but kind of, uh, we got some Smallville news. Wow. Apparently, there was going to be a Justice League spinoff, and Stephen DeKnight 
showrunner, executive producer of Daredevil season one. <clears throat> he was gonna be the he was gonna be in charge of it. He was uh, it was gonna be a spinoff of the episode uh, the season six episode eleven of Smallville Justice, where Clark teams up with Bart Allen, Arthur Curry, Victor Stone, and Oliver Queen. So Stephen tonight brought this up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, then Craig Byrne of Krypton site, which I don't know if you've ever been there, but Krypton site has been a landing space for, for me many a time. Uh, especially when I was watching through Smallville when it, in its first run. And then years later, when, um, years later, when I went back and rewatched it and, um, he went back and found some quotes and some information since the, since this kind of resurfaced, um, it was basically it was going to be basically Green Arrow, Cyborg, Flash, a couple of other DC characters living in Metropolis. Tonight said the idea was that Oliver Queen was basically giving refuge to young people with superpowers, kind of in a Professor X kind of way, putting together this team and also trying to help out these people, like he says in Justice about how he helped out Victor Stone and Barton Arthur Curry. So the plan originally was for the season six Smallville finale to act as a springboard for the Justice League TV series. That didn't happen. Obviously, um, Denight wanted to use Brainiac, not the James Marsters version in, from Smallville. Mm-hmm. It was a different version of Brainiac. Um, I don't know if you knew James Marsters played Brainiac in Smallville, but I he not, does. But he's that's awesome. fantastic. Um, <laughs> more incentive. Mm-hmm. He says, I had a master plan for Brainiac showing up in the spinoff that I won't tell you what it is because you never know. A spinoff may happen in the future and I will use this, but it was awesome. Uh, Denight would have been the showrunner on Justice League. It fell apart for unknown reasons. He says, I was supposed to co-create it and run it, so I'm doubly sad. We were all really excited about it. You know, me and the other actors. We all got along great. We really wanted to make this show, and we thought it would be really, really cool. I agree. I think it would be really cool. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah. The Justice League episodes of Smallville were, like, really, really cool. Um, So, they, I mean, it wasn't the Justice League, but it was. It was, like, (laughs) it was so weird. It was so weird, like, these little plainclothes versions of Justice League. It was Mm. weird. Anyway, but it was a lot of fun. Over to Batman 66, uh, Adam West and Burt Ward were asked, who was your favorite person to work with on the Batman series? West says, that's easy, Catwoman. She gave me curious stirrings in my utility belt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is a reference to a line in season two. Catwoman goes to college. So that was the Julie Newmar Catwoman. Um, yeah. he all, after everyone laughed their asses off, he also said that Frank Gorshin, the Riddler, and Burgess Meredith, the Penguin, were on his list of favorites. Uh, Burt Ward said his favorite was Vincent Price's Egghead. One of the actors I really liked working with was Vincent Price. That was fun because Adam and I had a chance to get into a gigantic egg fight. And always as a kid, I got into trouble for throwing eggs. But this time, I got paid for throwing eggs. So that was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Salmonella party. Woo! <laughs> uh, just some quick mentions here. There was a fan-made trailer for The Blackest Night. I sent you a link to that. You did. Was that not badass? I, I wept. It's not because anything in the trailer was worth weeping over. It's because I'll never fucking see that movie. Right? It was a fan trailer by Ultra Sergeant in collaboration with uh, A-List Productions. Um, oh my gosh. It was like... I mean, they utilized footage from like every damn thing. Yeah. No, they pulled in... Uh, God, most of the, the television shows, like a ton of the movies. Mm-hmm. It was... It was like an amalgamated universe. If they did Blackest Night, 
say a couple movies after they did like Crisis. Mm-hmm. If in 2022 we got Crisis, and then like 2025 mm-hmm. we got this movie, mm-hmm. and it's fine. Ryan Reynolds will still look like he's 24 years old. You'll be fine. <laughs> but they've got they've got you know Grant Gustin running around in the in the blue like the blue. the blue lantern the blue lantern flash outfit. Oh yeah. They they have Star Sapphire Wonder Woman. They have uh, Black Lantern Batman. Just so much yay. Yeah. And it's not a real thing. No. But it's so fun to watch. But it was it was enjoyable. It was a great pitch. Did you see, did you watch the fan-made trailer for the Chris Reeves, Michael Keaton, Batman v Superman? Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was pretty great. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Poor Eisenberg. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't make it into that one. It, you know, my favorite part of that, though, was when I, when they did Linda Carter. I thought, ah, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. You were going yeah. retro. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of fun. So, um, this is kind of fun and interesting and exciting as hell. And, um, okay. So they had like a fan expo in Canada and a fan asked what the future might hold in terms of future animated projects. And, um, the people he was asking happened to be Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Mm. Conroy turns to Hamill and says, what do you think about doing hush? Hamill's response was, what do you think about doing a death in the family? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are very specific things to be mentioning. Yes. Oh, God, a death in the family. That'd be fantastic. You know he's wanted to actually yep. beat a Robin for a while now. <laughs> and the one time they showed it, they got John DiMaggio to do it. I'm like, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I, I I don't think they would have mentioned it the way they did if they aren't if they weren't planning on doing it if they didn't have some hint that they were going to be doing those storylines in movie form. Maybe not both, but um, they, like people are talking at least, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a new trailer for the Batman Arkham VR. Yeah. It doesn't give us really anything new. The only thing it gave us new, as far as I was concerned, was a delightful story about how Jeff Johns kind of went nuts when he put it on and was like running around the room looking under things. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Everything else was kind of like, yeah, we've seen people happy while they're playing it. Yeah. (laughs) And I haven't gotten to know exactly what those little probe things in people's hands were doing, but I guess that makes sense. But no, um, Jeff Johns running around like a child with a new toy was fantastic. Right. Uh, so Telltale has released a, well, they've given us a release date for the Batman Telltale series episode two. It's called Children of Arkham, and it will be released Tuesday, September 20th. Now, I'm completely serious. We haven't, we don't, we're not going to have time to get to this right now. No. We're just not. No, no so chance. if any of you guys, I talked about it last week, I guess I haven't talked to you about it, but... um if you guys have seen this, if you've played this, if you've played the the Telltale Games Batman episodes, you are more than welcome to send us a recording over Facebook or send us a recording in our email, dconscreen at gmail.com. We'll put your review on our show. But we'd like to cover it. We don't have anything to play this no, on. I, we don't, I've got yeah. no capacity. Um, not <laughs> something I'm going to be able to pull off. Uh, but... Or at the very worst, like send in a typed review and Dave can read it in like Kermit voice. I will. I'll be like, you know, or you can like suggest. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You can suggest a voice and you and Dave can come to terms on the voice you want this read in. (laughs) Hi ho. Batman's a piece of shit in this game. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't played it. I'm sure he's not a piece of shit. (laughs) I prefer the Arkham games. Telltale could fuck themselves. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> By the way, I did mean to mention this earlier. I watched a movie this week. So- um, it's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. I finally got around to it. It's a movie with Tilda Swinton in it and uh, John C. Riley, actually in a in a in a serious role. He used to play serious roles a lot before he decided to make money. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a movie called um, We Need to Talk About Kevin. It's about this couple who has this kid who's just a holy terror. Mm-hmm. And the dad thinks he's awesome, and he's always really sweet around the dad. And it spans like a 16, 17-year time frame from the birth of the kid to this terrible thing that he does at his school. The adult, or the, I should say, teenage version of Kevin is Ezra Miller. Oh, nice. I did not know this going in. Mm-hmm. So I was very surprised to see Ezra Miller. Um, I'm so, like, dude, he should he should have been the Joker or something. <laughs> the way he plays this this horrible person, mm-hmm. this, like, murderous bastard. Oh, you, you, yeah. He sh- oh, man, he's so good. He got he's so skin? good. He did. Like, he does this thing where he's like, like his mom goes to like see him in the prison, you know, and they bring him out and he's not, they're just sitting there silently and he's like biting his fingernails and putting the fingernails on the table, like parallel to each other. Nice. Like just slowly methodically chewing his nails off. It was creepy as hell. Just everything the kid does, like he just embodies that serial killer persona. Yeah. And he does it really well. Like I'm really excited to see him as the flash, but I'm like, God, maybe you should have been somebody else. Like, <laughs> if not Joker, because he's he is really young for that. If not Joker, then I don't know, Red Hood, something. Yeah, no, really, yeah, it wouldn't matter with Red Hood. You could do whatever you want to. Would yeah. So anyway, uh, not my favorite movie of all time, but he was phenomenal in it. If you have any doubts about Ezra Miller playing any damn thing, go check out that movie. Fair enough. Um, I think that's all I've got. I, I don't have any more. I, I had very little to begin with. That all. Uh, <laughs> that was all. Uh, that was all about right. Yeah, we're sure as hell everything else. Show. Yeah, uh, we. You know, we would at, at this point normally we would go into like reviews we've gotten, but again, we didn't get any this week. And on that's, iTunes, on so, um, that's on you. That's on you, everybody. You uh, remember to go give us those five star written reviews on iTunes to be entered into the big giveaway. Um, we're only two away, two reviews away from from this giveaway. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. Come get your you gotta, free shit. You gotta step it up. Come get your free shit. <laughs> um, if you want to find us online, we're at DC on screen at Facebook and Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at David C. Robertson, one word. If you want to find Jason online, you're shit out of luck. But you can, <laughs> however, find you can, however, find every episode of DC on screen at dconscreen.com. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. GiantSizeTeamUp.com for all the crazy cool shows over there, like. Breaking the Panel, Booze and Phasers, The Blazing Defender Report, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. There are more, but damn, it's a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Feel free to also mosey on over to iTunes and look for a show called Screen Explosion with our friends Steve West and Jacob Raspberry. They give a lot of weekly television and movie news and reviews, and they does it with humor, y'all. Does indeed. They have some They have some snide remarks about things that I chuckle at. <laughs> the most anyone can That's all hope you can for. hope for in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway guys that's gonna be it for our show uh until next week keep some dc on your screen and write us in let us know that you're happy jason's back because i missed him actually we did have people say that we that they missed him i missed me too christopher white missed you man. i wasn't there at all i was a i was a blur of work activity and that was a damn shame 
I mean, I but, um, get to keep my house. That's probably good. <laughs> I haven't had to hawk any good. of the equipment that I use to actually record this thing, so. Right. Yay! <laughs> yeah, you have to have priorities, man. Yeah. Now, if, you excuse, if you'll excuse me, I have to go bag borrow and maybe still talk to a few bankers. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, just in case, you know, anyone didn't stay long enough, Jason is in the last episode, just at the very end. I snuck in an old clip of you. That was sweet of you. Just so you could be in every episode. You got to keep it going. I don't know what you were talking about. What, what was the quote? <laughs> you just went, it is not for me to know. Oh, I could literally be talking about anything. <laughs> I don't know what you were talking about. It's, but it, That it is a universal, universal quote. <laughs> it was a quote that I just thought was funny, apparently, at some point, and just saved it. <laughs> I may need that later. <laughs> That's literally the only thing that's in that file is just like, it's just that clip of you going, it is not for me to know. I didn't alter it. I didn't change it. I stuck it on the end. I, I keep shit like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked well for us. Anyway, <laughs> now that we've gone through our third or fourth Batwiener yeah, of course. segment, um, keep some DC on your screen. See you next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs>